You know, I always say, rather than forcing how things should be, work with what they are. Hello, my friends. You know who it is. It's Coach Joseph, and I'm back with a brand new episode of the Mindfully Resilient Podcast, straight out of my dining room. Yes, my dining room. I typically record this show out of our home office. However, it is tax season, and a hurricane passed right through. It looks like it. Paper scattered all over the place, receipts, paperwork, whatever you need to file your taxes, it's scattered. So I needed a place that was a, a little bit uncluttered, so I resorted to my dining room. So we're going to experiment with some new acoustic sounds on this episode. And let me just say, this is episode number eight. Episode number eight. I posted eight episodes already, not including the trailer. Man, time flies. To tell you the truth, I, I was thinking about it a little bit. I, did, I posted the first episode the first week of December 2019. You know, I feel great about that. I, 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 it's a personal accomplishment. I'm happy about it. You know, I'll admit it's, it's tough to stay on schedule to record content, to plan the content and then record it and then produce it. But to tell you the truth, creating this podcast fulfills my passion and purpose on many fronts. You know, speaking of passion and purpose, I recently requested a, to join a Facebook group for Toronto entrepreneurs. And one of the screening questions, yes, you, you know what I mean by screening question? These days when you want to join a Facebook group, you have to, add, you have to answer a bunch of questions to make sure, to let them know that you're not just, you're not crazy and you have a reason for joining the group. Yeah, extra, extra legwork for that, but I digress. One of the questions was, what do the words passion and purpose mean to you? I didn't really take that long to think about it, to tell you the truth. What I wrote was, passion is the drive to fulfill your purpose. The passion is the what? The purpose is your why. Who knew an FB group screening question can go that deep, right? You know, uh, do you remember back in episode six, Go Deep with uh, Smart Goals? We talk about finding your why. Do you know why you're doing what you're doing? You know, when it comes to passions, my passions include producing mainly this podcast and music through GarageBand for my workout videos and for this podcast. To be creative, to coach, to train. You know, all this, you know, to... Help me help you be better versions of yourself and in helping me be a better version of myself for you. You know, and also speaking about uh, being creative, I just got off a call with uh, an old acquaintance, uh, Zach Sparazzo. He does a lot of uh, social media work for Todd Durkin. And let me just tell you, great call. He's what I would consider a, a creative content guru. And he gave me a lot of great pointers. And I I follow him on Instagram. Follow, look up Zach Sparazzo uh, on Instagram and you will not be disappointed if you want tips on creating quality content. And here's more fuel for the passion. So another awesome five-star review on Apple iTunes. And this time it's for my good friend, Brian. Yes, the same Brian from episode five. And I did not pay him to write what he said. He wrote, And I quote, I listen to different podcasts and they all talk about the rich and famous or their interviews with people in business or in some form of mindfulness. When you remove the celebrity and you have an actual person 
that you can connect with on a human level, that is where the Mindfully Resilient podcast hosted by Joseph comes in. He speaks openly and honestly about his trials and tribulations and how he overcame them. He gives you real-life, actionable tips on how to manage your life when, you're, when you enter a stressful situation or even a down season for you. Thank you for the great advice. I look forward to hearing more. Well, Brian, thank you for being so supportive since the beginning of the show and my journey as a coach. Wow, that was deep. That was a long review and a lot of thought put into it. So I truly appreciate it. Thank you very much, Brian. It's funny to think about the passion I have for coaching, for mindset coaching. I mean, it's always been in me ever since a young age. I mean, I was captain of my basketball team in high school. And not only did I want to lead my team to victories, but I wanted to inspire, empower, mentor younger players to excel in the game. You know, I've always had this, this desire to be helpful, to make a difference. I've always wanted to make a difference in someone's life to those around me. But to be a mindset coach, it never dawned on me, maybe up until a little over three years ago, when I was taken under the wing of Stephanie Weikert, a certified personal coach and an author and friend and mentor. We were introduced, actually, through her husband, Sergeant Ken. Yes, the same Sergeant Ken, my my other friend and mentor, who helped me understand resilience at an elevated level and who sparked the flame within to get after it, to be a better version of myself, to turn things around. To tell you the truth, in my personal opinion, they're one of the most extraordinary power couples. Seriously, great people to know, great people to have in your corner and mentor you through life. So I was given the opportunity to receive life coaching from Stephanie. In the past, I've had opportunities for life coaching, but I didn't know anything about it. It's only recently where life coaching has taken a solid footing in the industry, in the fitness industry. So at the time I accepted this opportunity, I was working a desk job and I felt life was stagnating a little bit. I was a business analyst and I felt like something was missing. You know, when work puts you in a depression for four days and you lose your temper more than you would like at work and at home, You know something's wrong. You know what I mean? I needed an objective, non-biased point of view to help transform my reactions to responses. And I felt that Stephanie would be a key person to help me strengthen my resilience. So when I accepted this coaching opportunity from Stephanie, there was a caveat to this. Our sessions would be recorded for a top secret project a book she was writing. So I didn't know the context of this book, by the way, but I didn't care because I was definitely game for it. And if if my message, my recorded message was heard or read by somebody else and was reading my story and they were impacted even in the slightest, man, I was definitely down to participate in this coaching project. There were also other people who participated to, and also were down to have their story, stories shared with others. So fast forward three years, November 2019. Everything I would have said 
Survival Strategies for Getting Through Tough Times by Stephanie Weikert was published. Yes, this was the book. This, is the, this was the book that was being released that, I, that our coaching sessions were recorded for. I was so stoked to finally have a chance to read it. And let me tell you, I was not disappointed. Not one bit. It is written on the back cover of the book, and I quote, After Stephanie Weikert's friend Trevor committed suicide, she wondered how she might have helped him if he'd reached out. What would she have said to him? What insights from her life coaching career could she have shared that might have changed the outcome? Although it was too late for Trevor, how could she help others in despair rise above it into a place of hope? This book is a collection of her answers and the roadmap to self-love. Wow, what a beautiful and powerful description for this book. Now that is why you got to get it. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, what I want to share with you today and in, in this episode is what Stephanie taught me in those coaching sessions, the lessons given to Jacob. That's right. If you read the book, if you read everything I would have said, I am Jacob. That was my alias during the coaching sessions. So I'm coming clean. Now, I want to give you my story following my sessions and recount how I got through my challenges, how you know what? Scratch that. Let's backstep a second. How I used my challenges to my advantage. You know, consider this as a where are they now of sorts episode. You know, since Jacob's stories are found in chapters four and nine, I'm going to make this podcast, so this topic, a two-parter, a two-part series. So this is going to be part one. So let's dive right in with chapter four, strategy number four, find the third solution. So the chapter opens up with something I mentioned in one of our sessions, and I quote, on a couple of occasions, I'd sit in my car after work and just cry, feeling fed up with my job and wishing there was something better. I'd also feel overwhelmed, close quote. Now let me tell you, when I read this chapter for the first time, a tsunami of memories and emotions swept through my mind. I mean, I forgot what I said back then and how I really felt until I read the book. It was, it was a reminder. I, I think my mind was trying to erase the thoughts and emotions, those painful thoughts and emotions from that part of my life. But to recall all of that and to look at my emotional transformation since that conversation with Stephanie is nothing short of spectacular. I was able to see my journey of growth, to see the man I've become. Now, let me set up the scene for you. Why was I feeling like this? Why did I have moments of sadness? Why did I cry in my car in the parking lot at the end of the day? And I know there are a lot of people out there, and some of you listening, where you have moments where the day was just brutal, and you have all this pain bottled up, and the only way to release it is either cry or yell or scream, curse the world, and you do it out of your car in the parking lot. You don't even put the key in the ignition yet, and you just let it all out. You let all that pain out because you don't want to keep it in, and you don't want to bring it home with you. It's tough, but it's the only way, and it's a comfort zone. So I know what you're going through if you're going through it right now. So I was a business systems analyst for about 10 years. The last two and a half years of those 10, we were at this medium-sized software company. 
Now, the reason why I became a business analyst, well, first off, let me explain what a business analyst does. Short answer, no one really knows. Kidding. Oh, I'm actually semi-kidding. I usually have a tough time explaining the, a business analyst role to uh, family and friends. Uh, so I try to come up with different examples. But let me see if you can get the gist of it. So there are business analysts in various industries. However, working in software and IT, a BA, business analyst, or BSA, business systems analyst, they document the business needs, also known as business requirements, that will address a business problem or a business opportunity, such as changing the user interface and or the functionality of an application. So the reason why I became a business analyst, well, mainly was because it was related to what I studied in college. Now, it makes perfect sense, right? But I didn't know that when applying for college. And after a couple of years as a technical recruiter following graduation, I was able to understand the various opportunities related to my degree. I noticed that business analysis was an opportunity to utilize my creative talents, my penchant for problem solving, and my desire to connect with people to help them. To understand a business problem, a BA must ask probing questions and understand why the user believes it's a problem. Kind of in the same way when I coach somebody, uh, asking questions to understand their belief system, uh, the reason behind their goals. When it came to the creative side, the creative aspect, I was able to design diagrams, uh, mock-ups, designs to the point where they almost looked like the final product. And I kind of fooled a few people back in the day when presenting my solutions. They thought it was the actual product when I told them it was just an image. But at this company, I was only nine months into my role there, not even a year, and I was already feeling it, feeling the negative vibes, feeling burnt out. Obviously, it didn't help that I was doing in-home personal training part-time. I was seeing my clients in the evenings. By the way, although I noticed a clause that in my employment agreement that looked like I had to agree to give my life away to the company, I disclosed to HR prior to signing that I had a non-competing part-time gig that would not interfere with regular day-to-day business. And However, my boss's boss wasn't too pleased about my extracurricular activities. Activities that also allowed me to enrich my leadership skills. So being a part-time fit pro was more fulfilling than my full-time office job. However, as I explained to Stephanie, I felt like I just couldn't call it quits, pack it up and pursue in-home fitness full-time or working at a gym. And for those personal trainers out there, we all know that working at a gym is not necessarily top paying. And being an entrepreneur, going out on your own is high risk, especially when you have young children, when you have a young family. At that time, my wife was already doing in-home personal training on her own. She was self-employed already. So imagine two self-employed people and that's that's what we are right now. But I wasn't in the mindset at that time to embrace that risk. I saw it. I needed, I wanted security for my family. I, I had this fear instilled in me. I was working against fear, thus keeping me in the same spot, rather than working with fear in order to grow. She noticed that I was looking at only two options in this case, to either leave for the 
fitness professional life or tough it out at, the, at this company and just be miserable. Naturally, I sought security and roughed it and worked with what I had there. So yeah, there were a number of days I, I, I cried, cry or yell in the fit of built up rage in the car. The environment was in a way toxic. I, I know there are, there are some people listening to this, possibly some of my old colleagues, and I'm sure they understand what I was feeling. It was tough. Sure, I could have looked somewhere else for another BA role, but I think the same record would have played again and again and again, and, and I would miss out on, on, feeling, on feelings of fulfillment. I even tried to look for a related role at, at places like Reebok or Under Armour. You know, at least it wasn't an industry I believed in and, and supported. Companies, I believe, would encourage employees to make a genuine impact, not only within their own walls, but in the community. But nothing came up, unfortunately. So in my coaching session with Stephanie, I, she explained that I, I have a third option. And that's what she described in, in her book. What if it doesn't have to be A or B, but option C? What if it doesn't have to be stay and be miserable, or quit and pursue the life of a fit pro, but utilize my talents in some way to fulfill my purpose in my current situation, my current role, to fulfill my why. I mean, I have a talent to lead and mentor people, help them realize they can be better versions of themselves professionally and health-wise. I'm creative. I've always been for as long as I can remember from drawing and painting to composing music and writing poems. Gosh, I just remembered... So I just remembered writing some of the cheesiest poems back in high school. You could say I was a hopeless romantic. Anyway, so when the spotlight was put on option C, that I had a third option in all of this, I felt some kind of relief, realizing that I can make the best of what I have control over. So right after our call, I went back to my desk and started feeling the leader in me come alive, starting to sing. I took ownership of acting as an, official, as an unofficial leader and mentor within my team. Not telling them what to do and being that kind of colleague, but coaching them when they needed me to be their coach. I put more effort in helping more junior business analysts excel in their roles to be great within the company. There was even a leadership book that, that's given to every employee when joining the company that I started to give a read after nine to 10 months of being there, you know, I was watching it collect dust. So at one point, I, I, just, so I decided to pick it up. And I'm so happy I did pick it up because it changed the way I led, and not only my peers, but myself. The book was titled Extreme Ownership, and it's by Jocko Willink and Leif Babbitt. I think I was among the 10% who read the book at the company and the 2% who applied the concepts. By the way, it's a great business book, excellent book, but the lessons are easily applicable to everyday life. So go check it out and give it a good read. I even expressed an interest in leadership to my manager. So I ended up mentoring two employees at the company who weren't business analysts at the time, but who desired to be one. So a little success story here. Following our mentorship, one of them actually left the company and became a junior business analyst. Let me just say, that was one of the most rewarding feelings I had at that job. The second uh, colleague, 
uh, unfortunately, I was let go from the company before I saw anything come to fruition, but he was on the short list when I left. It definitely, it was really fulfilling just to, to know that that would happen one day for him. And to use my creative talents in the job, I put more effort in creating the mock-ups and, and, the, desi- and the, des- the designs. To learn more about UI UX, which stands for User Interface, User Experience. So I sat down with a colleague who was the, the UI UX guy to better understand the design standards and principles. I was taking ownership of my journey here. I put my creative efforts into my documentation, to my writing, and I took initiative to create better document templates that can be used within the team to make the content stand out more and and better organized. By the way, if you're thinking of becoming a BA or a BSA, there's a ton of documents to write up. Just a heads up. By the way, here's the best one out of everything, out of this whole story. So I took the helm within the social committee to organize a wellness month. That's right, wellness month, right in my wheelhouse. I incorporated my passion for fitness right into the company for one month. I hosted a weekly boot camp at the office gym where each session ended with a bit of life coaching. I wrote a couple of articles relating to physical and emotional fitness, and I recorded some video content with daily fitness tips. And those, those videos covered mainly how to incorporate physical fitness into everyday activities. So it was a great feeling to channel my purpose in this way. You know, to go from thinking that it's only option A or option B, learning and realizing that there's an option C, is liberating. We tend to have this all-or-nothing approach. It's either this or that. Now, quoting from the book, and I quote, the third solution is the point where reality, reality looks like the opposite of our dream. But it's also when our roots grow deep and strong. Close quote. See, it's like you're planting the seed for the future you're envisioning for yourself. It does, however, require a little bit of flexibility to work in the gray area. Understanding that even though it's not living our dream just yet, you're walking in the right direction, one small step at a time, and not forgetting to celebrate the small wins in the process. So Stephanie had me identify my talents in this case and coached me to figure out how to use those talents to create option C. In some cases, it doesn't have to be a talent, but maybe a value, a belief system, or a personal mission statement that can be planted into the mix to create the third option. It also helps to identify what you have control over given the current situation. You know, it kind of reminds me of a of something I picked up in one of the Nike Run Club guided runs. Rather than forcing things how you think they should be, work with what they are. So in that context, a run is not necessarily good or bad. It's simply a run that makes you better every time. You're not going to stop running if you had a bad run on a few occasions. Although you may be running the same run, you're not running the same run. And every time you're out there, it's a different experience. Okay, I went off course a little bit. Can you tell I miss running? (laughs) Anyways, 
but I think you get the idea. Just remember, whatever your situation, you always deserve better for yourself. If the, if, if the environment you're in stifles you, seek the opportunity to grow from it. Find opportunities to learn and excel. Strive for greatness. When you stay in the all-or-nothing mentality and that all-or-nothing mindset, you're not moving forward. It's like being a perfectionist and you're trying to make things so perfect and whatever you're doing is never really getting done. It does remind me on a few occasions, I do have that perfectionist mentality where I'm always fine-tuning something. Something that's supposed to take 10 minutes, 30 minutes actually takes maybe three hours. Release perfection and embrace imperfection and find that third option that will help your soul sing and travel towards your dream. Now, this is just part one. I'm going to go into part two in another episode, which will be chapter nine. Learn the art of connection. And yeah, it's going to be another great chapter. In the meantime, I highly recommend you check out the book, Everything I Would Have Said, Survival Strategies for Getting Through Tough Times by Stephanie Weikert. It's available on Amazon, and I guarantee you will not be disappointed. And by the time you finish reading the book, you'll, you'll have a smile on your face. You might have a tear in your eye. You'll feel like your heart is all warmed up. It's a beautiful read. Trust me. Now, if you're really feeling inspired by the show, the Mindfully Resilient Podcast, please leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, depending where you're listening to the show. And I sincerely appreciate it, by the way. I read all the reviews and I look over them before every show and I use them as inspiration and as feedback to enhance my game as a podcast host. So keep them coming. You could always send me your questions or comments or anything you want me to address in a future episode via DM on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Just look up Coach Papa Joseph. That's Joseph with an F. And as always, you can leave a voice message on the Anchor app with your questions and comments. I could use that in a future episode. So with that said, I, I hope you feel inspired to remember there's always a third option that will put you on track to fulfill your passion and reach your dream. Maybe even create a new one. So go get after it and live every day with joy, curiosity, and passion. <laughs>